Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Fiction, science fiction, horror, fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino. John Copenhaver and Al Warren. Heard on KCP 106.5 FM Los Angeles. 102.3 FM Riverside. And 1050 AM Palm Springs. Uh, welcome back into the House of Mystery, and I am Al Warren. <laughs> Not that anybody cares. Now, on the other side of the planet, we have uh, Mr. Uh, James Martino. <laughs> Where did I, James come from? I don't know. It came to my head, and I thought, oh, you kind of look like a James. No, you would look like a Dave. <laughs> You're a Dave. 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 <laughs> a dude. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, anyway, we're back. And if people noticed our schedule change this week, and... Um, we had uh, the, the guest, w- which was initially going to be Monday's show. Hmm. Um, we sort of had a bumpy road, and we decided that... Uh, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, well, we decided hmm. that uh, it didn't really fit our format, so we kind of canceled that show. So, um, so so anyway, so the schedule's changed. People will notice everything's changed up a day, and we'll have a new... Uh, I think we have Hank Philippi Ryan for the mm. Friday show now, um, and everything else got bumped up. Excellent. Well, yeah. Well, it could be worse. You could be Alex, Baldwin, Alex Baldwin. <laughs> I mean, you know, you could be having a worse day, right? Yeah. Things could have been worse. <laughs> anyway. So now we have a, a returning guest. This is exciting. Um, she's got a new book out, and this is uh, book two of, of, of her series, and uh, the book's called Larugo. I hope. And our guest is Anna J. Walner. Thank you for being here. Thank you guys for having me back. It is awesome to talk to you guys again. 
Yeah. So listen. So you're. So this book is uh, is about uh, conspiracy, right? <laughs> you are. You are the international bestseller of of conspiracy. So um, what's what's going on today? Like, where, what do we need to know? So the conspiracy is that the colony really does exist in the uh, in the outback of Australia. No, um, the the second book in the series will be releasing on November second. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah, I mean it's always an exciting time. If you, um, it's it's strange, but when you are working out a book and going through like kind of like your final edit process. Did you find that the most stressful? I've learned to accept it. <laughs> I think. I think. I think I've come to a place of self-acceptance with that uh, process. <laughs> it is certainly not as fun as just getting everything out on, you know, the the original rough draft, which is very messy and uh, does need a lot of cleaning up. But uh, it, it's wonderful to see how you can add some different things in there, some different layers, some textures to the characters themselves and to the storyline and kind of play around a little bit in that final edit of the book. So I'm actually currently doing that with the last book in the series, the fourth book right now. Oh. Boy, you're you're maniac, maniac. You're like um, crazier than me. I mean, my well, I wouldn't. It's say. not a competition now. <laughs> no, but I was. <laughs> I got to get to work. No, but you do you notice that? Um, because I, I, I went to a different publisher for two books here, and and got a deal. And, and I know that um, the one that was in editing here, um, quite a bit came back in the sense that surprised me. And I don't know if this is going on in the uh, fiction world because the, these ones were nonfiction, so they're kind of true. But certain words now are being kind of changed. Like, uh, for instance, I, I, when I was talking about a ghetto, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to use that word, and it sort of it took me by surprise. Um, do you, is that going on in in the fiction world too, or? Not that I've been aware of. Uh, I'm always quite judicious when researching proper names because Aboriginal culture is like the the name for Ayers Rock is Uluru. And so when I'm researching topics like that to pay proper homage, I do do my research. Um, although I haven't run across in my works um, any cases where the vampires or werewolves in this situation have have needed any kind of uh, editing on proper verbiage uh, or uh, titles. That's interesting. I was going to say, do they do they not have? Um, I guess you know what would you know vampires and werewolves are sometimes shown as enemies. Right. Mm. Uh, and, and in a way, wouldn't that be kind of like a race problem? It can't, you know, you touch on something really interesting in the second book, which is acceptance of both cultures coming together as one. And that's something that um, is, it, yeah, I, I did need to approach that from a really judicious viewpoint in where we, 
notice where there are a couple of instances where you know one of the main characters uh points out you know, w- you know we're not you know the same you don't view us as the same and we don't view you as the same and it's up to them to kind of come together and come overcome those differences in cultures and dynamics because in truth the Lorugo and Garcane societies are very much different, but it's about combining those for a greater purpose against an evil that is, you know, pursuing the colony in and of itself. So the entirety of the colony is being threatened. So they're forced to overcome these differences. So there is a little bit of, uh, so uh, a little bit of, um, social commentary there in the undertones if you're deft enough to pick up on it but for the most part it really is just a story about um about both sides coming together and forming one unified colony which um which they they do end up doing so that's i'm kind of giving a little bit away but uh, but yes that that does end up transpiring and everything is um, a lot better than what they they had originally thought that it might be. And there are some challenges to overcome and some really big surprises along the way because what is a book in the series without some twists and turns? And you'll find a lot of those in the second book. Oh, great. So now you're telling me the vampire is going to marry a a werewolf and they're going to have babies. (laughs) (laughs) I hear that all the time. What next? They're going to marry their dogs, right? You know? Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's um. So, how long did it take you to write uh, the this series? Like, I, I I don't know if I asked you this um, before. I'm thinking about this before we get into the length. D- did you already know what you were going to do with all four of these books ahead of time? I did not. I knew what I wanted to do with the first two books in the series, and as you will see, there's kind of a shift in. So we do have a new person that is introduced. So there's also a lot of um, so Amelia and Roan from the first uh, from the first novel. They do solidify their union and take their place as the leaders of the new combined colony, being one of uh, vampire and lycanthrope. A, a heritage, and then one of pure lycanthrope. And so it's a combining uh, there and uh, in, in them. And then, of course, you know, um, taking over leadership and making some changes that benefit both sides, doing away with some laws and customs that no longer serve a purpose now that they have the ability to make the rules. And then you'll also see that we introduce a new character into the mix who causes quite a stir up. Well, how do you decide? um, So when you've got an existing series like this going on, how is it that you decide that um, what kind of a character you're actually going to add to this? Is Is it more about what you want them to do or become or or add to the story, or is it about the character themselves? 
That's a great question. It really has to do with where the narrative of the the series goes. So I know where I want things to end up and how I'm going to go about getting there. And the characters kind of help, you know, to make those decisions on their own as I'm writing them because I know where they're going to end up. But I'm often surprised by the decisions that they make along the way. And that leaves the door open for other um, other chances to perhaps go in a different direction. And in fact, the character that is introduced in the second book completely changed the next two in the series, the third and the fourth book, uh, where I wanted to originally go. I went in an entirely different direction because of this one character. Well, I'm wondering, do you consider um, your characters, your vampires and werewolves, do you consider them more, I guess, more like superheroes than monsters? I consider them more as a different type of human being. So from a genetic standpoint, they're just simply made differently than, you know, a regular human being having to, you know, embrace who they are and their differences, but they are essentially human with a few perks. <laughs> oh, so they're hung. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, I, you know, I just, I'm, 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 I, so how do you set your rules? Like where do I, you know, I've watched a lot of, um, things on vampires and werewolves over the years, you know, movies, series, right? From the originals to the, from the books to the, you know, you, you name it. There's tons of them out there. Um, right. So what do you draw from for rules or how do you decide on what vampires can and can't do and what hurts them and what doesn't? And same as the werewolves. Like, so is there a certain standard you just follow or did you just do what you want to do? I'm kind of going through that right now uh, in the fourth book, sort of an origin story and explaining some of the mythos behind where some of these, you know, things have originated from why the cross, why the holy water, why the things that we've always associated with vampires, why the silver with the lycanthrope. And so, but when I was writing the book, I, whenever I, I first started writing the series, I took everything that you just mentioned and I threw out most of it because it's been done and it's been overdone and it's been done very badly. And to the point where I would search for a book and it was the same regurgitated um, storyline, but with a few different, you know, minor changes here or there and everything felt stale and stagnant. So I really went in, tossing the baby and the bath water completely out the window and redesigning, you know, both vampire and werewolf uh, lycanthrope from the ground up. So I went in with a completely different mindset from anything that you've seen before. Well, that's interesting. Um, so what did you draw from then? So if you, you're kind of taking what's, 
used a lot, you know, and, and it kind of everybody reuses a lot of these same ideas or rules, let's say. Um, right. So, and you're going, okay, well, I'm throwing them out with the baby, you know, poor baby. But, um, <laughs> but uh, so now, so now you're starting with from scratch, I guess we would say. So, so you're sitting in your room and you're going to go, well, so how do I, because I, I, I'm guessing now you're going to have to try and outline right. these standards and rules before you do the book or maybe during, but you've still got to have them because once you set them, they're there. I um, started, right, and, and I, did, I did sort of start from tabula rasa, but I knew that you had to have certain things. You did have to have a shifting aspect for lycanthrope. But I said, let's make it completely different from any shifting aspect that we've seen in previous books and series. And so I changed up the rules where the full moon is no longer an issue. It's an everyday, every night kind of thing. And then with the vampires, I knew that, of course, there had to be the teeth. But then we go into whether or not they're able to appear as normal citizens in Australia and in public and be completely incognito. And how would they go about doing that? And so then we come in with a scientific explanation for how that's possible. Well, that's, you know, um, what, what, what was your favorite rendition or you know let's just say book or series or movie or oh, whatever you're say fame what's your favorite vampire representation besides your own if you had to choose one what would you do there you know uh i'm a huge fan of the vampire diaries um I'm a huge fan of the Twilight series. I, I mean, I grew up reading those those books whenever I was in high school, and there's a lot of nostalgia attached to them. But there were so many things that I disliked about the series, and so I wanted to try and find something that was different. I could never find anything that was different. Uh, and I always ended up uh, DNFing the book, which means do not finish and or did not finish and so i decided to write my own something that i wanted to see done differently something that i wanted to see that was fresh that was vibrant that was that would make readers see vampires and lycanthropes in an entirely different way that they had never seen before did you have to do a lot of research to uh, get the, the science right in, in um, explaining how uh, the vampirism in your story works? I did do some some research, but I have I have uh, always been a documentary uh, <laughs> addict. So when I whenever I sit down to watch TV, I don't necessarily watch sitcoms or shows uh drama shows dramatic shows so I'm, I'm not up on all of the popular netflix shows that are out there right now what i prefer to do is watch documentaries so that's how i relax and unwind is to learn something new which sounds very strange 
but <laughs> I've, I've always been fascinated with science, with uh, genetics, with, you know, um, all different sorts of things. Anything that I found to be intriguing, I kind of have this sponge for a brain and everything that I see, I tend to retain in part or parcel some something. Uh, so I drew on a lot of experience and I did verify the facts that I was incorporating into the book. Yeah, I love I love watching documentaries too. I'll choose those over the movies. Um, I'm usually disappointed in the movies nowadays or a mm-hmm. lot of Netflix stuff. I Especially the series. They seem to be really too way too much drama for me, you know. Um, but that's me. Nobody cares. Um, and, and so when you're going out and doing the research, like so for me, it, with true stories and, and nonfiction, you go out and you actually find, a, find the people and you get to meet them and you talk to them and, and people involved, doctors, lawyers, you know, whatever, cops and all that stuff. Mm. So, so do you actually ever go out and hunt for vampires or people that live that way and maybe, maybe uh, date a few or? <laughs> That's G14 classified information. I'm not, I'm not yeah. denying. Well, you know. Uh, no, I, 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 uh, <laughs> No, I've, uh, I've, I've researched the, the actual mythos, where, where the origin stories, you know, came from a long time ago. I've always been fascinated with, um, you know, the, the stories that you hear of the supernatural in general. And I think that we've already talked about this, but I've, I've always been fascinated. So anything that I could find to read, uh, do research or to, find in a documentary that uh, piqued my interest on the subject, I would watch and, as I said, retain that information. So that would be my form of uh, vampire lycanthrope research. Hmm. So what do you hope people get out of this? The, you know, the book, the series, the whole idea? Like, you, you, are, you, are you just looking to entertain? Absolutely. It's, it's an immersive experience. It's, it's escapism at its best. It's, it's, it's delving into a world where, you know, um, where <laughs> I don't want to sound, uh, cheesy, but where, uh, true love really does exist, where, um, cultures can come together and fight against the singular evil. You're rooting for the good guys. Um, you want to see people succeed, you want to follow along, and you want to see how all of this is going to pan out. You have a favorite, and you, you want to see the best for them, and then something goes horribly awry, and it just leaves you wanting to know, craving to know the ending uh, or the beginning of the next book. I have quite a few people who are very insistent on receiving those advanced reader copies last week. <laughs> oh. Well, they're probably vampires. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, that's, it's really interesting. So are you more of a classic writer, and do you sort of believe that um, you need a happy ending? You want to have a story that there, there might be challenges and change and disruption, but at the end of the day everyone's going to make it kind of or be, you know, it's going no. to be good. No, you don't. So you basically you're going to kill everyone off. 
Ah, uh, again, G14 classified. You guys are getting into some, you know, nosy Nellies over here. Uh, but, uh, no, I, I, I believe that there needs to be a shakeup. And, uh, so you will, there will come a time when, you know, uh, characters will no longer be among us. But we are still in Australia, by the way. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. um, for the second book. But, but, but I just, I, we just had people that tell us that Australia doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, which is it? I can't figure this out. Well, I have, I, I have friends there, <laughs> um, author friends, and they seem pretty real to me when I talk to them on the phone. So I'm going to have to go with fact on that one. <laughs> Well, have you um, have you noticed any motifs, any type of anything that comes up again and again in your fiction, uh, besides the obvious, like the, the werewolves, vampires, and, and stuff of that right. nature? No, I uh, love love is always at the center of everything that I write, and I think it's because I am at heart an absolutely hopeless romantic, <laughs> and uh, the the book I have another pen name. And I have a book that will be coming out in March of next year, The Nymphetamine Girls. And it deals with, it allows me to delve into some very difficult and adult topics that are not often talked about. And so uh, you will see that uh, I have a multifaceted ability to write different genres and different age ranges well why why a different pen name like um for you like why is it just that you need it to separate it or like i I did i did it, it the subject material that's contained in the vanessa morris books are of an adult nature they they have trigger warnings um, and resources for hotlines at the end of the book. So it deals with some very heavy situations, especially dealing with uh, young girls and social media and how being caught up in that fame and that validation, need for valid- outside validation from strangers can be so dangerous to your self-esteem and the issues, the psychological issues and side effects that come from that. So I, t- I decided to take on a pretty deep topic, and I didn't want anyone picking that book up with the name Anna J. Walner because I didn't want them to assume that it was YA. I wanted them to know that it was distinctly different, so everything written under that pen name will be distinctly different. Do you have pictures in the book? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just, uh, so. No. What, what is, what is, so what do you, um, when you say that, you know, that there's this real um, need, uh, desire to um, be appreciated by people you don't know on social media now it's become a way mm-hmm. of life and and as we are a little right. bit older you know the younger people you know ki- kids children they grow up with it from get-go so they know no other way 
So they, right. they, it's part of just like we brush our teeth. It's just something that they do. Um, what, so what, what, what's the answer for something like that? How do you, how do you overcome that with someone that knows nothing else? Right. And it, it is, it's a very difficult thing. I remember growing up, um, in high school and there was MySpace and Facebook was only for kids in college. You had to have an EDU at the end of your username. No, really, yeah, yeah, uh, to, yeah. to log in. That's how it first started. And now social media is everywhere. And I see pictures and videos of young girls that are trying to attract the wrong type of attention. And so we have two girls who are best friends and they are living for the likes and the comments and the adoration of these faceless admirers and basing their own self-esteem, their own self-worth, their own, um, you know, uh, everything off of what other people think about them. And then when one girl decides to break apart from the group, how that can be so devastating to, you know, to the other party's psyche and to their. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Their mental health and how we rely. We've seen so many times bullying and uh, of young girls and terrible things being said online 
and to the point where it becomes a very serious mental health issue. And that's something that I wanted to address that it does happen, that these things do go on. It's also uh, LGBTQIA um, representation as well that I wanted to make sure to highlight in here and that we touch on implied versus explicit consent because I don't think that that's necessarily talked about as much as it should be. Right. What what do you hope comes out of that? But like, so when you write um, under that other name, and you want what? So, what do you want people to get out of those books? Are, are you aiming, so? You, are you aiming it for adults to to let them kind of in on something and wake up, be aware? Or are you? Yes. Okay. Absolutely, awareness. Uh, because I uh, I I grew up in an affluent neighborhood. Um, well, I I didn't grow up in an affluent neighborhood. I grew up on a farm. And when I moved to this neighborhood in junior high, it was a completely different experience. I was in a Nissan Maxima pulling up next to Lamborghinis, Porsches, BMWs, Land Rovers. And these were 16, 17 year old kids that had this kind of money and the parties that uh, were thrown. I just, it amazed me at what little supervision or no supervision there was, or parents were drinking with their children or even doing drugs with their children. And I just, I wanted to incorporate that into the book. So there is a little bit of truth in some things that I have seen, even in my day back in the nineties of behaviors that, that I saw going on. And I know that that still occur today. And so I, I was um, so scared and called my mom. I still remember. And I was like, you need to come pick me up now because I don't know what is going on. I've never been to a party like this. And, um, but, but all too often, you know, it's, it's very alluring this world, the more validation that you get from, from your friends and your social media following to continue these types of activities, it's alluring and addictive and it almost, it can become, you know, an addiction. And I wanted to highlight, there are so many topics in this book that are highlighted that young girls face today. Vanessa, what is that? Vanessa Morris. 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 Um, do you have like a different makeup and, and hair and, <laughs> and picture and all that on the book? Like no. You, you dress up kind of differently and nobody knows who you are, you know? No. No, (laughs) it's still the same person behind the computer. Um, It's still the same person typing on the keys. It's just from a different place. And I want to try and have that pen name have a real message behind it. This one happens to center on, and I think I would like most of them to, to center on mental health. And it's about overcoming past traumas and moving forward and self-acceptance and knowing that the things that you have gone through in the past don't define you and you have the power to change your future. Make any decision that you want to be at any time to change the path that you are going down. 
Well, see, now, Dave, this is a book for you. (laughs) 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 I'm just throwing that out there. Well, that's really an interesting um, sort of change. Uh, It seems so different than, um, you know, the, the fantasy books. Right, it is. And it's it's also got to be a different way of writing and putting it out there, you know, because you have to be more, um, how do I say, I don't want to say more real, but more more truthful with yourself and kind of talking about these things and putting it out there. And I'd imagine with these current um, social media days, you have to be very careful on how you word things in that, too. And it's taken from social media that I've observed. So it's not untruthful in the terminology that I use. It's things that I have observed and things that that I know go on and exist. And so it's, you know, it's, it is, to, there, there are pieces of, the mental health aspects that I am careful to tread lightly on. But at the same time, I don't pull a lot of punches with this book because I want it to resonate very deeply uh, to really make an impact. Well, you also mentioned in your bio that um, you have social anxiety. And I was just curious, I think I do too myself, uh, how, how do you deal with that social anxiety uh, doing you know, signings and events for your writing? I'm just curious about that. I do put on kind of, it's the same way as when I used to be, um, you know, in, in my role uh, in Big Oil and Gas. You know, you put on your... Mm. You put on your dress and you put on your your makeup and you play that, you know, uh, you you summon your inner boss pretty much and uh, you you just you just kind of go go for it and once you're there and once you're in the moment those anxieties sort of fade away if you can focus on the task at hand but yes um, I have uh, incorporated anxiety into the book as well. Uh, there are so many things that that I just really wanted to to touch on, but um, but overcoming overcoming your your past, as I said, because you know that's something that a lot of people struggle to do is to move forward. So I again, there is at the heart of this a healing kind of love that you know helps to solve or heal the brokenness inside of us. If we only let those people in to stand beside us and walk with us through, you know, the darkest times in our lives, how that can be a really healing experience. Hmm. So very deep. I know. (laughs) Well, Uh, you know. Very different from vampires and werewolves, and yeah. and so, so so maybe that that helps to kind of you know drive home the point why I felt the need for a different name, because when you're picking up a uh, an Anna J. Wellner book, then you know that there is lighthearted, fluffy, um, 
YA appropriate romance or new adult romance, uh, as we'll see in the third book. It gets a little spicier. And, but, but it's all lighthearted and it's all, um, oh, I won't, wouldn't say really lighthearted, but it's not quite to the depths that you'll see in, uh, Vanessa Morris, which is more of a really deep dive look at the human condition and psychology because I, do have an undergrad in psychology and I drew very heavily on that for writing uh, a lot of the parts in this book. Wow. So we have to be careful how we uh, talk. <laughs> She's <laughs> analyzing us right yeah, now. No. <laughs> you know, this I mean, whole entire time. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Put us away. Yeah. It's the next book. <laughs> it could be. It could be. <laughs> Who knows? Book. I tell you, I'm, I'm plenty of books to be written about me. Um, but um, so uh, you, you got whips and chains in the uh, vampire? No, good Lord. <laughs> well, you said it was getting spicy in book three. I, I, was said, kinda... I, said, I said spicy, not yeah. you know, well, volcano. Well, um, come on. What's a little whip and chain nowadays? Come on. No, we do see some, some, we do see some, more description Ooh. and adult language that is used. So the new adult label had to be assigned as opposed to young adult, which the first two books are YA appropriate. It is fade to black romance, which if you don't know what that means, it's also termed as closed door romance where the scene ends and before any sort of description of the act is um, is 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 put into the book, and in the third book, we don't stop at the closed door. The oh. so you get to yes, there's more. <laughs> you you get more to the story in the third book. So do male vampires manscape? <laughs> what the? <laughs> I- <laughs> You know, I just, I had to throw, I mean, NBC hasn't canceled me yet. You so. know, <laughs> you know what, Alan? Oh, no. I, what? I almost want to go back and, <laughs> like, and, and, and rewrite a chapter just for you to address this question. Because I've never in my life, whenever I was writing this book, this series, and got to those parts, I never, not once, thought to include anything about you know, personal hygiene in that particular yeah. manner. Well, you know, because... So you that, make an interesting point. Well, if you think, because that's to be the difference. Between, <laughs> Don't encourage him. Because werewolves, of course, would, would not want to do that. Wolves, uh, all the hair. They're they're like, the, you know, the bears, so to speak. And, and, and then you've got the vampires, of course, they'd be all... They're all tidy, well-groomed, well-mannered. And, <laughs> And manscape. So, you know, that's kind of like one of those cultural things they don't like each other for. We just kind of don't go there. Oh. You know? Well, you said spicy. Just... You're opening the door. We're walking through yes. after. And so let's right. see. You know, let's see. What well, I, I, I will say that, that the intimate scenes do take place while in human form. So. Well, there you go. See? These are so there we are. points people will be thinking about, <laughs> especially the younger audience, will, you know, young romance. They're going to be thinking about it because it's a very trendy thing. If someone directly emails uh, my publicist asking for 
<laughs> well, let's Eddie, get on that. Listeners, you know, I want if, listeners if in someone, a big if way If someone to, directly, you know, writes a review that, that says, I was just so confused because I wasn't sure about the condition of pubic hair. Yeah. Well, then, <laughs> then I will, I will publicly, I will address that issue. Well, okay, but you remember you said that here, so now I want all I the will. listeners to send an email I will. <laughs> about this question. If you think about this, I want it sent, okay? Mm -hmm. so I, yes, my contact information is on uh, at com. It's down at the bottom where it says Creative Edge Publicity. Yeah, well, yeah, because, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, you know, uh, Mickey, now we, we know that he's interested in that, so come on. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's a professional, right? Oh, so. yes, I'm I'm sure he would love to get those emails. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, yeah, uh, give him something. Just everyone just bombard him with those emails. Yeah, that that want, would be hilarious. I want I want it all happening. I really. need answers. Yeah. And I want everyone just to get on it and send 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 just keep writing. Just I'm, he's going to fire me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Come on. I mean, you're, you're, you know, that's not going to happen. Curse your name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to. Um, and no, it's, it's all good. It's all good. I think I'm, I'm just seeing if it's a little bit more modern times. You said young romance. You're talking about, you know. Okay, let's, for your sake, Alan, let's go ahead and answer the question, because I don't want you to have difficulty sleeping tonight. <laughs> yes. Yes, they have an on-call esthetician uh, there within the colony that offers waxing services, which both Garcane and Larugo do utilize. How about that? There we are. Does it? Does it? Do they? Their fangs come out when they pull the hair off. I, you know, I, I was, <laughs> well, that's I about, not to encourage him. Yeah, you're just going to get you're, you're going. You are just a nasty girl. You are. Um, well, that's fantastic. So. Um, now, your website, of course, you've talked about that, and we'll have that up, of course, and, and people can send in the emails and all that stuff like that, and hopefully it's enough to bring down Mickey's website, but uh, <laughs> um, are you, are, so are you, I have to ask, are you bringing in current conditions into book two or three now, or are you kind of moving up into, you know, pandemic and things like no. that, or are you totally staying away from that? <clears throat> you know, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of conversation between authors about this, about whether or not to even include the pandemic in their writing, because it does seem to be something that is, we just can't seem to quite get, get past this. But for me, I made the, you know, the conscious decision to just not mention it. And so to let it be what it is as, as in the same way that you wouldn't reference the common cold, or it was a bad flu season in uh, Australia this year. Right. Of course, vampires and werewolves, you know, they don't get colds. But, well, that, but, or the flu. Well, but, you know, couldn't they get COVID? Like, couldn't they, this kills a lot of people. No. But couldn't they pass it on to other ones that they're um, with, so to speak, you know, like humans? I mean, we I, don't have. What? No. Vampires no. are carriers. <laughs> it's got a whole oh new God. reason to kill them, right? <laughs> no. No. I just, I, I just, I, I did make that conscious decision, though, and I thought about it, and I said, you know, 
at some point this too shall end and it you know it, it will end up being something that will be talked about but i think there's so many books that have been written about the pandemic i didn't want to in, i just didn't want to include that in in the books because it's meant to be more about the characters that's all of my my books are very character driven and plot driven not environment driven so it's it wouldn't really serve the purpose of the narrative in either the Allure Legacy series or in the Nymphetamine Girls. Well, so, you know, you are character driven and you're very involved in your characters and, and love and the story and, and, mm-hmm. and all of the things. So how do you walk away from this? How do you end a series like that? Oh. Right? I mean, without telling us, you know, know. Like, you know, this is it. But how do you just sort of go, okay, that's it. Done. I know. I mean, I, I want it. I want to, I want to keep them around. I, I want to selfishly write a fifth book in the series just to have the characters continue to, because I enjoy spending time with them. I know that my readers enjoy spending time with them. So when I'm writing, I'm also living that narrative as well. And I get to enjoy my time with the characters, but it came to a, a point where I really looked at the series and I said, this is where, this is where it ends. This is where it ends. And perhaps there will be, I've been asked for novellas or short stories to answer some questions about some of the very side characters. Um, you know, I would love to know more about Michelle, you know, or I would love to know more about Robert, or I would love to know, you know, Anatole's story before he came to the colony, what it was like in, you know, um, 18th century England. And so I've been asked for that. So maybe at some point I may visit the possibility of taking on a character's backstory or giving more information into a specific character. But that would be done in a very short form. It would not be a completely different series. It wouldn't continue on for the series. I really do feel like the series came to a resolution in book four where we circle back fully, which is what I wanted to do and touch on, you know, the origin stories of both vampire and lycanthrope and then have it come full circle and close everything off with a resolution that would be that readers would really appreciate. So it's been difficult to do the entire series justice. The first book, I would say the first and the fourth book are by far the most difficult books because you want to get people invested in the characters and in the narrative in the first book. And you want to do the series justice and give readers the closure to the series that they really desire so there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Well, you could do a spin-off, you know, you could have one of your uh, characters like Robert could 
have his own spinoff. He could turn Robert's into. Robert's not really that interesting. No, but you know, then you find out that he's really like a vampire esthetician, and he's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, doing some had a spa, you know, or something going on, and he had, you know, he would. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's just an idea, of course, you know. But. I'll pick it under advisement. Thank you. <laughs> why, why does everyone keep saying that? They're going to always take my ideas under advisement, but I never see them published. So I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm, I just, I, I can't explain that one. It's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so, when, but, so when you walk away from this, like, you know, book four's out, you know. Put yeah, it's sad. In. So then what? Then, then what does oh. Anna do? Like, where, where uh-huh. do you go? Oh, man, where does Anna go? Um, as someone in my life might tell you, um, I have uh, picked up an obsession. So uh, there is a particular point in history that has always fascinated me and been a sticking point in my, in my mind that I've never been able to fully let go of. And I'm constantly reminded that I'm obsessed about it and just write the damn story. Uh, so, oh. so I have, uh, I have right now, uh, a, a, a historical, it's a historical fiction. And I can't say anything more about it because it is being queried, is being shopped at the moment. So, uh, but it is historical fiction. So that is what is coming next for Anna J. Walner. As far as Vanessa Morris, I have not, I have some ideas in mind, but I'm not sure which direction I'll be going at this time. Well, does it matter to you how well Vanessa does? Is it, is it, it's about, um, Maybe kind of people that get back to you or, you know, reactions and stuff. Is that kind of where Vanessa will go? Yeah, I think so. I think it really, it's it's meant to be just a a platform to really discuss some of the darker topics in society or within the human psyche that we have that we don't necessarily address or want to deal with. And at times... You know, the feedback that I've had uh, on the book has been fantastic, but the emotions are, you know, very vibrant and, you know, I cried. I, this hurt me so badly, but it deeply resonated with me and it woke me up to so many things that I never even knew about. And I realized you know, just how important mental health is and taking care of yourself. Um, and, you know, I'm going to keep a closer eye on my kid and their social media. And, and you know, so, some of the things that, that, that people, you know, overall love it, but are deeply touched and sometimes triggered by certain things in the book. And for me, that's, that's whenever you know that you have something that's going to resonate loudly. And I expect both positive and negative on this book. And that's kind of what I'm, I, it's, it, it needs to be talked about. It needs to be, be written about and it needs to be put out there. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds, sounds really draining. It sounds kind of a little stressful too. It was. 
It was. It was. It was. It was very difficult to write. And whenever you're going back through and doing the final edits, and you you're crying, the author is crying over certain scenes, and that's how I know I'm like this is, you know, this is this is going to get someone. This is going to change possibly someone's outlook on something, and that's so. You know, I, I would love that. I would love that. Well, you know, you sound, you sound so much happier but uh, this time. Not, <laughs> not that you were unhappy last time, but you sound a little bit more relaxed, more free-flowing um, today than the last time we had you on the show. So I just wonder, you know. Well, like, I was nervous. Well, no, I was nervous the first time. Nobody's nervous when they're around me. They just want to get away. I know, but I was just saying, <laughs> but, you know, well, you maybe have, that was it. My fight or flight response was kicking in last time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, maybe maybe your life, life has gotten better. Or? Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. Oh, well, so, so, so do you like, um, well, you're dating Mickey now, aren't you? <laughs> I was going to say, so do you, uh, do you play Anna one day and then you play Vanessa the other and Vanessa's got the whips and change and she's the real oh, tiger? Oh, my dear. You know? I mean, let's, come on, let's stop. Listeners want to know what's no. really going on. With this <laughs> no. 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 Uh, no. Oh, Absolutely on. not. No. It's nothing. nothing like that at all. Just because I write something that is a little bit darker does not mean that I actually am that person. You don't see someone who's, you know, who, who writes about, um, uh, you know, start thinking, like, like the vampire, like, you know, the Allure Legacy series, you know, I don't, I don't wear fangs and I don't walk around, you know, in, in a cape or anything, you know, and trying to pretend that I'm a vampire. I might for Halloween, but, uh, but, but not on a day to day type of basis. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, uh, I just thought I'd throw that out there, you know, dual personality, dual writer, you know, you never know what's going on here. No, hey. but, but, but yes, very happy, very happy. So thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah, but, very good. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad. We're all happy that you're happy. You know, that's important. But anyway, um, the new book will be out. Um, Probably the November day, 2nd. November 2nd. So that's the day after this airs. So everyone's going to be real thrilled to run around oh. and get it. And remember, everybody, send your emails. And, um, <laughs> and you know, because we want this. And we really want this to go. And while you're at it, um, ask Mickey if he's Manscaped, too. Oh, my God. So our guest, the great Anna J. Walner, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. <laughs> Tired of wasting time trying to decide what to watch on your streaming service? Go to our website and look for the Martino Movie Reviews. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. <laughs> The end. By George, he's got it. It is the end. I'll see you. If you're lying to me, I'll be back. This has been a production of Something Wave Media. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.